0: I'm thankful to the band and their work that they do each week. In particular, this week, uh, the songs are fitting just perfectly with uh, what I'll be talking about today. You know, we sung, We Believe in God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we also talked at the, uh, or sung at the beginning of the service, Welcome Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about all these things today as we uh, think on and listen to these words, these uh, closing words from the letter to the Corinthians, the second letter to the Corinthians, when Paul says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship or the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. We are talking today about the thesis of Christianity, or what is the purpose of Christianity. Um, I don't know if you remember back in your school days or not, but having to form a thesis statement for your papers and trying to figure out, okay, what is is this paper going to be all about? Uh, and that, that's kind of what a thesis statement does. Last week we talked about a syllabus and how a syllabus kind of sets out what are the expectations for, uh, for you for, to be successful in that class. And we talked about uh, how following Jesus meant carrying our cross, uh, denying ourselves, and following Jesus every single day. Um, this week we're going to be talking about what it means to be in a community that does just that. That follows Jesus. So, a thesis statement is is a statement that plainly sets the main argument or purpose for a paper. And I was taught that a good thesis statement, uh, if you've got kind of three major points in your paper, you're going to include those three points uh, in very short fashion in your thesis statement that this paper is about this, this, and this. Uh, And I'm going to set out to prove this, or I'm going to set out to argue this. It's this idea. Um, that a, a thesis statement presents the main argument of a paper. And so, what is the thesis of Christianity? What is the main argument of Christianity? What is it that we are saying we are doing when we gather here as a body of believers, as a people who call ourselves the church? well I want to boil it down to this statement that Christianity ultimately is about experiencing koinonia and we're going to break down that uh, word here in a minute experiencing koinonia or fellowship or communion with God through the Holy Spirit by the grace of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world now that's a mouthful <laughs> But I I really do think it comes down to this. And what it means to be Christian and what it means to be part of this faith means that our goal, our purpose is to experience the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be transformed to be transforming. So I used a word in there, koinonia. And in um, this last verse... In verse 13 of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to this church, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The end. Amen. Koinonia is a word that often gets interpreted as fellowship or communion. Communion. And it's often uh, like around Methodist churches uh, used as names for Sunday school classes. It's a very popular word um, in that regard. And so you'll see the Koinonia Sunday school class, and it'll have its plaque on the wall, you know. It's a very popular word. It's a word that means kind of reciprocity or mutuality. It definitely connotes relationship. And I think it's a word that helps us understand the Trinity. Because the Trinity, and, and Paul sort of, I don't know if he's necessarily making some Trinitarian claims, but Paul is talking Trinitarian language here when he talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, God, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So I want to show you a picture here. And this picture... You can go ahead and, yeah, right there. I think I may have used this thing here before. Have, have any of y'all seen this before? Okay, I haven't. Good. All right. I can't, I can't always remember what I have haven't used before. Um, this is an icon painted by Andre Rublev, and it, it's entitled The Trinity. And so here you have God the Father on the far right, God the Son in the middle, wearing blue. And uh, God the Holy Spirit on the far left. Okay? And you've got this, the communion cup there in the middle. So there's some communion going on. There's some koinonia going on. I also want you to see, notice a couple of things. Uh, the Son and Holy Spirit are both, their heads are both kind of nodding or pointed towards the Father. But the Father is also pointing back towards them. So what you'll actually kind of see here is some movement that moves from Father to Son to Spirit and out. Father to Son to Spirit and out and back again. The, the Father and Spirit are both facing outward. And there's another place at the table. You see that? That place at the table is for you and I. We are invited into the koinonia of God. And so I go back to my thesis statement of Christianity that the purpose, the argument of Christianity is that we are to be experiencing koinonia, communion, fellowship, mutuality, relationship with God. We are invited into this movement. You'll also notice that The movement is kind of circular. It starts on one side, and moves around, and then comes out, envelops us, and then moves around again. This is often talked about in theological circles as the perichoresis of God, or the the dance of the Trinity, the movement of God, and and you can't quite pin it down as to where it starts and where it stops. So we're invited into this dance with God. We're invited into the movement of the Spirit. This koinonia relationship is one that starts at the table, but it moves outward. It starts there, but it moves outward. God is a god who is for us, who wants to be with us. And the idea, then, is that the church is called to reflect this image, that we too have a communion table around which we gather, around which all are welcome, that it might start here, but it moves outward. oftentimes uh, koinonia is is a kind of a popular christian speak word it's a word that gets thrown around and and the word fellowship along with it we talk about fellowship and immediately what comes to my mind is like potluck dinners right and that fellowship it's fun it's good but when we think about fellowship we're often thinking about just hanging out with each other koinonia is a communion that isn't just hanging out with each other, that isn't just inwardly focused, it is meant to move us outward. So koinonia is not, and and this verse says that it's not just koinonia with each other that forms Christian community, that what makes a Christian community Christian is koinonia with the Holy Spirit that it's not just a horizontal relationship, it's a vertical one. That what makes a church a church is that we have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and koinonia with the Holy Spirit. We must be a people that is connected to God. And so the first song we sang today was, Welcome Holy Spirit, be here with your presence. Fill us with your power. Live inside of us. That is what we're doing when we gather together in this place. We are experiencing the koinonia of the Holy Spirit so that we can empower to go forth and share God's love with others. That in fact our identity is resides in us being in community if you look on the front of your bulletins you'll see that I've got four things listed there last week was follow Jesus this week is live in community this is live in community with each other and with God and that we do we live in community with God best by being in community with one another in koinonia community And if you listen to the rest of the verses leading up to this final greeting, it starts with rejoice. It starts with live in God's peace. Agree with one another. Have the mind of Christ. Live in mutuality. Support one another. Encourage one another. Share God's love with one another. And I think what this says to me is that you cannot be a Christian by yourself. But being a Christian is not a solo sport. It's a team sport. We're heading into football season, right? Yeah, anybody watched the Cowboys preseason game last night? Yeah, yeah. I know Sam was probably there on the field, weren't you? I'm so jealous. <laughs> Sam's got this sweet job right now where he's taking pictures of, of the Cowboys players from way down on the field. Anyway, laying my jealousy aside, um, what you notice is that uh, Dak Prescott cannot both throw the ball and catch the ball. Now, he probably could if he wanted to, but uh, it works a lot better if he has Des Bryant there to catch that 60-yard pass instead of letting it fall in front of him, Um It takes his running backs, his offensive line. If he didn't have his team, he would not be very successful. It would be difficult to win at football. Same goes for being a Christian. We need each other. We need each other. My favorite mantra is amatus ergosum, which is kind of a, a, a new version of cogito ergo sum, which is the Rene Descartes phrase, which means, do you know, I think, what? Therefore I am. I think therefore I am. That's cogito ergo sum. I think therefore I am. Instead, as Christians, I believe we need to think more along the lines of I am loved, therefore I am. That our existence is grounded in the fact that we are invited to this table. That our existence is grounded in the fact that each of us bears the image of God within. And that each of us needs each other to bring that image to the surface. To let all the other things pass away. This is a countercultural claim. To live in a Koinonia community with the Holy Spirit means that we kind of have to reject our culture's ideals of rugged individualism in favor of compassionate community. That Koinonia calls for compassionate community. And that our very identities are wrapped up in our own relatedness with each other. In our own ability to practice love and to be loved. That's why, if you've uh, noticed, maybe you haven't, but in, in the tagline of our youth group logo, I say, you are loved. Because the main thing that I want our youth to hear and to experience and to feel and to know when they are in this church and by the time they leave, is that they are loved by us and by God. That is what it's all about. That's the hokey pokey right there. That you are loved. So we are called to be a compassionate community that is centered on Christ through the Holy Spirit. And if we can be that, then we can change the world. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The name of this worshiping community is Common Ground. In the Corinthian church, they were experiencing all sorts of factions and divisions. They were experiencing all sorts of arguments and were were fracturing. And Paul calls them to remember that they are grounded in Christ, that they are grounded in the love of God and in the koinonia of the Holy Spirit, that their place at the table is their main identity marker, and that all those things need to fade away at the table, at the place of common ground, that common ground that is Jesus Christ at the center of our faith. And in this day and age, when our society is fracturing, when our society is broken, we need this message, that we can all have peace and love and joy and grace at the table of God, at the place of common ground, where Jesus makes us one. We are called to be a koinonia, compassionate community of the Holy Spirit moving outward for the transformation of the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks on this day for your great love. We pray that you would make us one That in midst of our beautiful diversity, we would have unity in the bond of Christ. May we be a community that moves outward to love and serve others. In Jesus' name, amen.